Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So today I'm with Marnie LaFrance and she lives in Ottawa, Canada. And Marnie is a caregiver to her mum. So tell us a bit about your backstory with your mum. So my mum was born actually way back in the day, partially paralyzed on her left side. So she's she had to have her wrist fused on the left side so she could never bend it. And she kind of walked with a limp. And I think over the years that kind of allowed because she was overusing the right side of her body and then she was a school bus driver. So she was using that and she ended up getting fibromyalgia in her right arm and her body kind of just started to wear out. And um, I can't remember in 2011, she had a knee replacement on her right knee, which is her good knee. And everything kind of went downhill from there she kind of started to decline. She started to falling a lot. And I think she hit her head several times. And then um, she slowly just started to decline mentally where she was forgetting things and what have you. And so she was here with me in Ottawa once we went to the, the Emerge because she had fallen and she hit her head and they did a CAT scan and they said um, she had lots of lesions all over her brain but they had determined that she was having tiny little strokes that she didn't know about, which technically was probably why she was falling, which interestingly enough, we thought it was because of her knees, but she must've been like having a stroke, but they were so tiny that she didn't know she was having them, but they caused her to fall. But then she was hitting her head, which was making more damage to her brain. So then she was diagnosed with early stage dementia at that point, but triggered from the, the, strokes so it's not that hers will turn to alzheimer's thankfully but still bad enough that she will could progress so she hid that for a long time the falls and stuff because we didn't live she lived a few hours away from me so it was easier for her to hide that but i was noticing like she wasn't making sense sometimes and remembering things and it got to the point that she was falling so much and she needed help even just getting to the bathroom that we ended up having to put her into long-term care. Um, We actually did go through a rehab stage with her where she went into rehab to try to help the knee so that she could get walking and stuff again. And in rehab, they actually just got her more dependent on a wheelchair and, and a walker than anything. So she even fell in rehab a couple of times, like trying to go to the bathroom, broke a rib. I was like, Oh my gosh to get that call. And then, uh, I remember I, I'm a contractor. So I went to Halifax for a contract. So I was gone a week and I came back and I went in to visit her and she was in bed and she was, she started bawling as soon as I went in and she said, oh, I fell. And, and that meant that she had to stay there all the longer. 
And then they were saying she needed to come out and go into a home at that point, but she didn't want to go into a home. So she went to stay with her mother who was elderly and really shouldn't have been taken care of her, but was. And my aunt, who was a nurse, but there's a long story there, didn't necessarily always want to be there to take care of her. But so she went into long-term term care and that meant that I became her primary caregiver. All these things, trying to make all the decisions and and thankfully she was with it enough to be able to help make those decisions. But now as time goes on, she can't necessarily make all those decisions anymore, but she still tries or she gets mad if they go over her head and go to me. Like, she's like, well, I'm approving it. Why do you need to approve it? So they kind of do that behind the scenes and she doesn't know it, but then she's like, why are they telling you everything I do? They have to. I said, I just said, because you put me on your chart or whatever. And so they got to make sure that your family knows so that if something happens to you, they can't get in trouble. And then she's all right with it. But yeah, so that's kind of how I became her primary caregiver. And she's progressing somewhat. So it must be quite hard because you say you, you are actually a few hours away from where she is. And even mm-hmm. during COVID as well, you obviously were not able to really go and see her. So that must have been, that has probably been very tricky for you. Yeah, it's uh, been extremely difficult. It's already difficult enough when she lives, like it's about a four hour drive, give or take. Um, depending on traffic. And if something happens and they send her to the hospital or whatever, then I'm like, okay, do I go right away? And by the time I get there, she could be released from the hospital. Like I have to kind of weigh those decisions. And I, I have like young children. My, I have a five and a half year old and my husband and a 13 year old, almost 13 year old. So it's not like I can just drop and jump. And I did try initially to get her into a home here. The wait list is longer because it's a bigger city and she wasn't comfortable with that because she was saying, I don't know that city. I don't want to be there. And with somebody with dementia, they need to be in their comfort zone, right? If you take them out of what they're familiar with, it's actually more difficult on them. So way. And then she had made friends there and stuff like that. During COVID, I was relieved that she was actually in a smaller town. However, I couldn't just go and see her and she's in a room that has a window, but her window's really high. So it's not, I couldn't even do window visits. And for a while, um, that was all you could do, right? They weren't even allowed into the rooms for a while at one point because her home did, when COVID was early on, they did have a breakout in her home. And when I got that call, I lost it. Like I literally went to the worst case scenario, obviously, because it was so new and everything. And my mom's health was so frail. And of course, they were saying they were the highest risk people actually I lost it. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, my mom's going to die. And it really hit then. Right. Cause I was like, what am I going to do? But, I mean, it's hard making those decisions and being the caregiver, but you also don't want to lose them. Right. So I panicked and thankfully it was interesting. Like they basically shut everybody down in their rooms and those people that had COVID were isolated and they were feeding them and they had people coming in like, dressing up in full gear and going into the rooms and helping them eat three times a day. But then I felt bad. She's they're literally trapped in these rooms. (laughs) So you're here feeling bad. Thankfully I I have a phone line for her so I can call her at least and talk to her, but it wasn't even until the last five, six months that they had the Skype visits up. So I couldn't see her. I didn't know what was going on and they weren't 
they would give updates, but they weren't often enough for my liking, right? Like I want to know changes as they're happening, but I realize that it's, they have a lot of patience and stuff. So it's just been really difficult and I miss her. And then, then even when you go to visit her, when, when I did get to have outdoor visits, she wants a hug. And I have to explain her, I can't give her a hug because you have to stay like over six feet apart. Right. And you've got a mask on and she's not understanding why. I know. It's yeah. She's like, give mommy a hug. And I'm like, I, I can't mom. Yeah. Or when you're leaving and she's like, well, don't be so long coming back. And <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Marnie, I know that you are a coach. So Yes. In some ways, you you probably have a good amount of tools to help you get through this, even though I'm sure that the tools that you know about are not necessarily adequate for certain situations because this is more emotional. But I do know that you've started a podcast, and that podcast is something that can actually help caregivers. Tell us a bit about that. Yes, so I have a podcast. It's called Embracing Imperfection. And because I started this podcast basically because for all of my life, I believed that I could get find happiness because we all want happiness at the end of a goal. So if I got this job, I'd be happier. If my mom wasn't in a home, I'd be happier. If I lost weight, I'd be happier. And I figured out that I was seeking happiness using external situations. And that's not going to work, really. Happiness comes from within. And so I have as a coach and on my own healing journey and trying to figure things out, I've figured out tools where I can create the happiness within. So like meditations or breath work or self-care, or just making sure that we're filling our own cup because it's so easy to give and give and give, especially as a mom or as a caregiver, or just as a woman in yourself, like that's kind of what society teaches us. So I created a podcast because I want to share the tools and tips and tricks that I have learned and I, I do interviews and have other people that share their stories that they've went through, they went through a struggle and how they've overcome it. Because I feel like when I was going through my journey, I would go to audio books or books or podcasts and helping hear how somebody else has gone through it and how they have been able to overcome it makes me not only feel that it's possible, but it helped give me ideas or inspirations on how I can do it too. And that's why I created the podcast. So I could share that. Right. You, I mean, I, I can only physically talk to so many people in person, but I have this podcast and you, as you as you know, you create this podcast, it can get out. It's permanent. Like it's evergreen. It's going to be there. So down the road, years down the road, people can listen to this and maybe get the help that they need. Yeah, which is fantastic. I love that because that's exactly what we're working on, isn't it? To help people know that there's support, give them ideas, and and you are sort of giving them coaching ideas on how to, in other words, tools on what to use when they might need it, which is absolutely brilliant. So where can they find this podcast? Um, podcast is everywhere that podcasts are. So it's Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on all of them, like basically. I usually list Apple, Anchor, Spotify. Those are the big ones I know. Google Podcast, I believe it's on, but basically on all the podcast platforms. Okay. It's and what's it called? There. It's what's called Embracing Imperfection. Lovely. Thank you. That's brilliant. Because I mean, I know that as a caregiver, when I was first looking at 
when I first became my mom's primary caregiver, there was so much I didn't know, right? Like what homes or how to get her in a home or how to get the help that they need and stuff like something that I should actually probably do more of on my podcast, but it's not just directed to that. But that's one piece, right? But there's so many different pieces. There's the piece of our self-care and how we can go. It's, it's really important for us as caregivers to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves because if we get sick or burn out, absolutely what happens yeah right so yeah. this is just another piece of that puzzle yeah no that's brilliant Marnie thank you so much for your time for explaining your circumstances and uh, you know a little bit more information about the podcast that I feel that could really really help people if they don't want to reach out to um sort of say a, a, you know an individual who could perhaps coach them at least this is a way where they can just sit in their own time listen and learn and then you know hopefully be helped by some of your your ideas so thank you so much for talking to us oh you're welcome thank you for having me. i do also have the the membership there's a monthly membership so i've created a community for caregivers and moms and busy people that where they, we could actually come together. So we're not alone because when you're listening to a podcast, sometimes you're alone, but if you want to be with other people to have that motivation or people to talk to, then I've created the women embracing life's lessons collective, which Brilliant. is a monthly membership. And where can they, where can they find out about that on your, um, on my website? So my website's called uh, www.theperfectlyimperfectcoach.com. And it's called The Well Collective for short. Okay, that's yeah. lovely. Thank you so much again for your time. And no, no uh, look forward to you know hearing more about the membership and the podcast as well. Thank you. Yes, and thank you for creating your podcast. It's been amazing to listen to. Thanks. It's really you. helpful. Brilliant. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.